Right, good evening everyone. Welcome to the Understarters Orders podcast. It's the 8th of October, it's Thursday evening and we're joined by the three best, well, general pundits that I know, as, as same as usual every week. Um, we're joined by Andrew Cummins. Evening, Jen. Good evening, Andrew. We're joined by Stephen Edwards. Evening, evening guys. Call you girls now. I mean, you need to watch what you're saying, mate. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Declan Carroll. Good evening, Declan. All right, lads. How are we doing? Excellent. Fantastic weekend's racing ahead of us. Um, Andrew's, you're salivating at this new market two days, aren't you, mate? Uh, it's the best two days on the flat in England, in my opinion. Even all the festivals, Royal Ascot, Goodwood, York, etc. This Friday and Saturday in Newmarket is the best, in my opinion. You can always go back to it um, looking into next year. And just even even on the day, the races on the day are just it's absolutely fantastic every year. Well, we're chomping at the bit now to get into this. So let's kick things off with the big heritage handicap on Saturday. Um, it's the Cesaro Witch. It's a huge betting race, obviously. And uh, the Irish man, Willie Mullins, has won the last two renewals of this. Um, his likely favourite here is Great White Shark, who was a winner for myself on the podcast last time out when it won on the uh, Galway hurdle when taking the Grade B handicap hurdle. Moving back to the flat, I wouldn't say it's really negative by any means. It was two lengths behind uh, Princess Zoe three days earlier, who's gone on to win in France. Great victory. I'm sure we saw that last weekend. Um, brilliant for the uh, partnership there. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's just gonna be a great handicap, really. You know, it's it's two miles, and probably not what Andy likes these two mile two races. Um, it's got a maximum number of thirty four in here, taking the chance. It's got the improving Coltrane here, who's Oshie Murphy's ride for the Balding Yard. Uh, David Pipe sends Leon Cavallo here, an unusual route, really, apart from. Uh, well, he used to be trained by the uh, Godolphin lot. Um, so he'd been to Raw in its early days. And also, we've got the decent hurdler, hurdler not so sleepy, which is pretty decent on the flat as well. The Hugh and Morrison Yard, extremely competitive here. Um, Declan, have you had a look at this one? Seen as a, a stamina tapping two, uh, two mile two? Uh, I, I had a quick um, quick look through. Not really my forte, this, this flat handicap, but. I see Gavin Cromwell ascending Whirling Dervish over. Um, it, it took, when he moved from, from Jesse to Gavin, it did take a while for the penny to drop over hurdles, but I, I definitely think there's better days to come there. He, he's one to keep on side. He has mixed it in staying trips, um, one mile five, one mile six, on the flat, and he, he has beaten Twilight Payment. He's rated 94 and it might be a little bit too high, but I just think he, he could be a smarter animal. Um, having, you know, done some real racing over obstacles and uh, it might have put a bit of discipline on him. I just think he's he's good value there at 23 to 1. It, it's a bit of a minefield for me and I haven't spent too much time on it, but um, he is one I've been keeping an eye on. So if, if I was going to have a bet in the race, my money be going there. Nice each way price there, Declan. Andrew, anything from yourself in this one? Nice, big competitive handicap. Not really your yeah. cup of tea, though, is it? Look, I don't mind the Cesarowicz because it doesn't have Group 1 beside the name. The Candoran last week, it was just... like There was horses that just shouldn't be probably dubbed. Now, it was, it was a great result, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I would always love those genuine Group 1 stairs, maybe over two miles. I think once you get further than two miles, you're taking the piss a bit. That's, that's kind of the way I see it, but... 
I would have loved to have seen Stradivarius in here. Um, and now I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, okay? But they said the sportsman move was going for the arc, and I can understand that. But could you imagine Stradivarius turning up here of 120, just trying to beat the living piss out of the staying handicappers? I think that, that would have been a lot of fun. And I think that would have been the sportsman Brilliant. move, and it probably would have been worth it. Would, would he be fast enough to be hurdlers, though? Go two mile hurdlers. <laughs> Maybe, well, that, that's a thing. He would have been carrying nine stone ten and everything else would have been out of the handicap. So it might have been a bit of a laugh. But look, that was never going to happen. It was never on the table. Um, but look, with, with that said, there, there's two horses I really love here. And um, you're going to guess one right off the bat. Uh, James Gibbons, Indianapolis. Now, the stall, you know, the, the stall gods haven't been too kind. It's stall 23. Very interesting that Frankie de Tory has been booked, however. I was convinced that this was going to be Indianapolis's target all year. And I was a little disheartened to see him out every other week. He, he's, he's had a lot of racing this season. But all he does is stay. He doesn't. He has one gear, and he doesn't come out of that gear. And he doesn't drop from that gear. He just gallops and gallops and gallops. And I think this two-mile two is going to really, really suit him. Um, by Galileo, out of adoration, a group one winner. Really, really well-bred. And I think James Given has done a really good job with him since inheriting him from Aidan O'Brien because we do know that anything that comes out of that Aidan O'Brien here tends to go backwards at a rate of knots. It's, it's very, very rare you see, you know, a horse uphold or in, in Indianapolis's case, improve his form. He's a really, really nice five-year-old who's going to really enjoy this trip. So I'll have to look for Indianapolis. The, the other one um, I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks back was Mark Johnston's Mondane. He gets in here off 93. He is tr- generally rated 96. He he won at air and runs with a penalty, but doesn't have to carry his, his revised mark. Now, I would have fancied him off 96. The fact that he gets in here off 93 is an added bonus. Stall 19, again, not really a great draw, but this could well be a, a geld in going places. Uh, he was really, really impressive at air. He barely came out of second gear to beat Fun Mac. And now... Admittedly, they were kind of exposed-looking stairs he beat there. But if you go back to his, his last start where he was trying to give Believe in Love weight, and now he was absolutely hammered, but that was an improved performance, and Believe in Love has gone on to be you know, a group performer, and he was trying to give her weight. So I do think this is a, a horse that has the potential to be way, way better than his mark. So I'm going to be going with Mondain here. I'm quite sweet. And I'm, but if you... You know, Indianapolis. I I do feel like this. He's been targeted at this as well, and he is. They're they're two sixteen to one twenty to one respectively. So I I'd be backing them both here if you were to allow me half ahead two two runners. Certainly, you can have two runners at those prices definitely. Um, Stephen. Yes. Uh, where do you start? Um, that Coltrane's obviously got a very worthy favourite. Three year olds have got a poor record in this race, haven't they? Stamina yeah. improve. It's, it's so hard when you get a three-year-old like uh, the sort of the run over a mile and six. It's absolutely bolted up in the Melrose, but you're running against proper hardened sort of winter horses, aren't you? Like, running all the top like Aintree, Cheltenham. I was looking at not so sleepy, bolted up by an Ascot twice last year on like bottomless ground. I think he's got a great chance. But the two, the two I wrote down was uh, Deck actually took a little bit of it. Was the Whirling Dervish. What he just said about it, but the other one was also uh, Gavin Cromwell's other rules. My question was going to be do the Irish guys actually think they, these are tee ups for other stuff, or do they think like Saturday's the day? Like Jukebox Jive beat Build Me Up Buttercup, 
I think it was the Irish Leven Brandy Cup, which is pretty good form when you think he was he was favourite for the Ascot Stakes, I think, last year. And he's run a couple of really big races this year already. He won a couple of races. I was it twenty five to one for him? Dougie Costello riding uh was one I looked at. And the Whirling Dervish would have been the other, but not so sleepy. I just mentioned can I have three in the race? <laughs> I left. I left two with thirty odd runners. Maybe you can. Took the whirling. I'll um. I like look at the jukebox driving. Um. Not so sleepy. Hugh Morrison. Uh, he could have had this. He's he's been in good form this year. I wonder whether this has been the plan for a while. Graham Lee on board. Been a bit of money this week as well. Ten to one. Um. Yes, Steve. Just to answer your question as well, there. Yeah. Gavin Cromwell and. Mullins, they, they wouldn't be sending these horses over for the laugh. This, this is a, I think the pot's what, 200 grand? Down, obviously down from 500, but that, that's not to be sniffed at. They're, they're coming to try and win this. So yeah, because like the world in Derby should be, beat Twilight Payment off like 110, I think it was, or something. Um, and Jukebox Driver, that's pretty good form, is it? The Irish, the Irish November handicap. Yeah. Tends to be. Right, that's me, Chris, I think. Excellent. I think I'll join you on the um, not so sleepy train. He was, uh, not so sleepy train, mate. Um, fourth last year, I thought he got a good prep there at, at, at Pontefract. Over the trip was probably a bit too short, but it was just just dour stay. I just it just looks a bit of a class yeah. horse for me. Um, not one to go mad in the race, is it? Really, you know, it's 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 a long stayers race, and anything could probably pop up, you know, in one of these kind of races. I was interested in him. I actually wrote down actually what um, um, Declan and Andrew thought of uh, Dalton Highway for the Weld Yard. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a massive opinion. I, I, we always keep an eye on him when he's running in harder races. Um, I don't know. I see Tom, Tom Arkins, um, jocked up and and you know, Derma Weld's not coming over. I'm going over for the fresh air. So I, I don't have a massive opinion on the race and. Yeah, he def- definitely has a chance, but how many others definitely have a chance, you know? Mm. I mean, well, he was a little bit disappointing the last twice and stalled 27. He's starting out in the middle of the countryside, isn't he, out there? Um, you know, I look, again, you, you'd be a foolish man to write him off, though. Yeah, party playboy was second in this last year for the uh, Anthony Mullins yard at 50 to 1. You know, so you, you can't count, can't discount any of these Irish train runners coming over here. Like you guys have said, they're not coming over here, you know, just for the fresher. It's not even probably fresher in Ireland, actually, where you where they're going over here. Um, but you can't discount it. I think Coltrane's got a lot to do against these older older horses, and I think he's a bit of a a dodge pot for myself as a as favourite score. Great White Shark, you know, Mullins has won it for the last two years, so you have to respect it, but. It's uh, not not so sleepy, giving a bit more of a quieter ride this time, hopefully. Uh, I'll take them on with that one. Right. Let's move on. Big, big race this on Saturday. It's the Dewhurst, the seven furlongs uh, for two-year-olds. It's absolutely mouthwatering, this race. It's such a great field. Uh, so fascinating. Uh, we see the best seven furlong two-year-olds go head-to-head in battle. It's getting me giddy. It's getting everybody else going to have been talking about it just before we came on Earth. You know, look at the past winners of this race. Frankel, Churchill, Tudor and Horton. Last year, Pinatubo. It's littered with these classy winners. Let's find out what's going to be the winner this weekend. Andrew, kick us off with this, mate. Where do you start? That, that's, you know, it's 
an absolute phenomenal renewal. Like outside of maybe Battleground, everything is here. It is an absolute fantastic race. Oh, knowing me, I'd want to start with St. Mark's Basilica, but I'm going to leave it off just for now. Um, look, the best. I'm going to start off with the best horse in the UK, in my opinion, which is Chindit. Um, Richard Hannan's Colt, who we all we all backed him in the Champagne Stakes, and he confirmed his promise really that day, and um, beat now Alba Shear, I believe. And um, yeah, no, that now that form, obviously Alba Shear has is entitled to maybe reverse that form. I don't think he will. Chinda just looks like a, a real. He looks. He just looked like a real one. He was a proper. He looks like a real proper two year old. With that said, he should progress a tree. I, he's the one I, I wanted to look at instantly, but then you look through the field, Albashir, you know, Ulkamate, and I believe what the Mill Reef winner, Cadillac, the uh, Champions Juvenile Stakes winner, um, you know, Devil Walla was placed in a gym crack, Devious Company, consistent, was probably out, out of his level here. Tonian Solario Stake winner, 5,000 to 1, second in the Mill Reef, Poetic Flair has a bit to prove. St. Mark's Basilica, Group 1 placed, Tactical July Stakes winner, Thunder Moon, National Stakes winner, Wembley placed in the National Stakes. Like it is a, there's, it, the race is just littered with talent anywhere you look. And it's a race where, you know, you couldn't put anybody off anything, really. You know, Thunder Moon's probably going to be favourite. Might be well be inconvenienced by the soft ground. I don't see as much as I love St. Mark's Basilica, him reversing the form of Thunder Moon unless the ground really wreaked havoc on the favourite. So with that said, I'm gonna personally I'm gonna sit back and just watch this race and enjoy it. But I, I do think Chindic could be a little bit special. So he would be my tentative selection, but I'm I'm just gonna sit back and just watch this with with an eye to next year and just an eye of just enjoying a, an absolute top class group one. Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Andrew. What about yourself, Stephen? Got a yeah, view on this so, race, mate? Well, Andy says sit back and enjoy, isn't it? Um chinned it five to two. It's interesting, Andy said fundamental but five. That's probably right, really. I suppose that that's probably the strongest race. Form wise we've probably seen this year and a lot a lot of the experts or so called experts have really Sort of made him out to be a lucky winner that day. I just don't see that. I just think it was the race was run apart from Lucky Vega, who probably was the unlucky horse. He sort of a lot went wrong for him, but just just sort of found two gears, didn't he, in the last half of furlong and just went went through the whole field. Harry probably looked like the minimum fuss, but if there was an element of luck, I suppose you'd have to say, does that make does that mean Wembley sort of picked up the pieces of all the of all the other losers in the race and just sort of mixed second because I'm, I'm quite a big fan of his and I was quite keen on him last week in the uh, in the Lagardere but but Chindit for me is that champagne race I watched it again earlier and it sort of he cruised in he sort of cruised up there on the out, on the outside and the blind side but where he was sort of like alongside Devious Company I think he sort of took it easy a bit before he knew it he had to Albashir sort of kicked on a bit and he sort of showed that he's got he could like quicken twice in a race I think he's definitely like the he's mm. he's definitely a guinea's horse already, isn't he? You know, for me, five to two, he's definitely a worthy favourite. I actually like Hannon's other horse in the race, Etonian as well. But the only thing I think about him is I think he's he's definitely going to be needing further. He probably won't see the best of him until he's like run over a mile and a quarter next season. Of the rest, is is any amount, isn't there? Like Al can make one Horace Hill. Um, I'm not so sure he wants his seven furlongs yet. 
on heavy, on soft ground, I could actually see five thousand to one reversing the form. You know, I'm not sure whether he just started at Newbury, but it just looked like he was running coming to the end of his tether the last half of furlong. But um, but for me, Chris chinned it, chinned it be quite a quite a confident selection. Excellent. Now you're close to the mass, mate. Uh, Declan. Uh, yeah, look, the, the lads have, have really covered it. Um, it's fine every week we're going back to this national stakes. Uh, I don't think Thunder was lucky to win that race. Uh, we, we've said every week that messy race, but it was, you know, we were excited about that race. It was a very good race. He wasn't lucky. He had the gears to get out of trouble when every other horse was finding trouble. And he just came through the pack, um, in and out, went clear, put the race to bed. Very, very impressive. Don't think there was anything lucky about it. Uh, it like you have the, the the first three home in the national stakes, which was probably the best race in Ireland this year, coming up against um, the best of the UK horses. And uh, Chinda has been a bit of a favourite on the podcast, and he's you know he does look the the best of the UK horses. He has, you know, you could say he has Al Bashir um, covered, but. As Andy said, he is important to improve. Um, the, what's the other one? Alchemate, like, he's been good since the debut, and why not have a go here? Like, you know, um, absolutely, you don't know how much these two year olds are, are going to improve. You could be very, very surprised with um, who wins this on, on Saturday. You know, the, which sort of brings me to Jim Bulger's horse. You know, why is he turning up? Look how hot this race is. You know, he won his debut over five furlongs on heavy ground in March. And Jim's going to run him here. But Jim's another one who doesn't go over for the fresh air. He beat Lipizzaner that day, who ran well enough in the middle park. And 66 to 1. It's, it's very interesting. Like, as Andy said, it's definitely a race to just sit back and enjoy. And I can't really split them. Um, I'd probably sway towards Thunder Moon, but, but you know, I might throw a couple of euro on Poetic Flair at, at crazy prices just to see, you know, what's going on here and see if you can run into a place. But it's definitely, it's a race to savour. Uh, the other one, Cadillac, is, is interesting. He's one to keep on side. It, it's funny that he was actually beaten over seven furlongs on soft ground, so uh, I wouldn't be expecting... Too much here, judging by that. But he's one to keep on side when he goes back to uh, a mile because uh, he was good at Leopardstown. But just great race. There's not many flat races that I want to sit down and, and watch and enjoy like this. Um, oh, yeah, you know, as a winner, maybe swaying towards Thunder Moon. But now, interesting to watch James, James Harson, a couple of euro each way there. What price do you think we'll be looking at for Poetic Flow, would you say, Declan? It, look, it's hard to know. You're not. You're seeing all these these big price horses. You, I I know from being at the racetrack, you generally don't get when the bookies are there. You're not getting massive odds. You know, you've horses turning up. You the Luke Comer three hundred to one. There was one hundred twenty five to one second there last week. If you're on track, that they might only be thirty three to one, fifty to one. You don't get these prices. So, without the SP coming from the race cars, it's really really hard to know. Uh, I'm not sure what way it's working in the UK, but you know, come the day, you could be looking at anything you want. You could be getting 150 to one, you know. Okay, but yeah, like I said, I completely bypassed. I mean, it's fascinating. I don't know you've looked at it. 
it made, made his debut in March. Like you think Tiafilo, Dawn Approach, Jim Bolter's he's no he's no um he knows this race inside out. Not over two hundred days yeah, off this and uh there's probably been opportunities to get it out. Yeah, but he's trained by a master, like you know, so he's not he's not bringing them to he's not bringing them to Newmarket to do him any harm, you know. So it's it just yeah. very, very interesting. And at that price, why not? Like, if you're going to enjoy the, the race, have a couple of euro each way, you know, for yeah. a bit of interest as well. On debut, it looked quite a, bit, quite a big raw horse. Took its time to get going. It was a little bit slow out the stalls. But once finding its stride at the end, it really it was quite... Our ground that day was a little bit tacky too, so probably will appreciate that ground. And, you know, at the prices... You know, it might be a nice each way slot shout there. Andrew, you just gonna sit on the fence, mate, and watch this one, or do you quite fancy Chindit, maybe? Or I quite do. Like, I do fancy Chindit, but there's just like you could literally say that three quarters of the field is a danger, and when that's the case, and they're the favourite, you just don't back them. It's you know, I do think he's the most likely winner. So, you know, the one thing that Steve did say just that 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 actually made total sense when Thundermoon and Chindit they both have the ability to. Quicken twice, and that is the stay is dead right there. There's not many horses that can do that, so I do think one of them will win it. And I know they're the first and second favorite, so I kind of hate myself for saying that. But look, if, I, if there was a gun to my head, I'd be with Chinda. Declan, what about yourself? Yeah, look, I, I, I think, I think Thunder Moon is the most likely winner. Looking at how you know the race we touched on every week there was so much trouble in it and he had the gears to stay away from all that when really good horses didn't but uh won't be backing them and I will have a, a small each way bit on on um poetic flair and Stephen uh, yourself Chindy, but Dex sort of restored a bit of faith that uh, I sort of agree with him but I think the experts or so-called are talking nonsense when they say he was lucky but he wasn't lucky and I think Lucky Vega, Lucky Vega probably should have won the middle part last week as well. So the form, the form's good, but it's neither of them for me at that sort of price. Back, I, I'd like to see Chindit when I think he will. I'll probably be back in Wembley because I stuck him up last week and just if that wasn't a fluke in Ireland, then he was the one running on best. It might be just that the pennies dropped a bit late. You know, he's had quite a few runs. It might be just one of them. O'Brien does it, doesn't he? Quite a lot. He could surprise. You know, he's actually shortened him some marks Basilica in the betting as well, but. Yeah, right. Thanks very much for that, guys. Uh, we're moving on now to another group one, but this is on Friday. It's the group one Phillies Mile for the two year old on Friday. Uh, list of previous winners here, you know, again, fantastic quadrilateral of Odessa, Lauren Rhododendron, minding uh, a one that is a personal favorite of mine, you know, trained by the master Saeed. You know, he's had a pretty poor year this Saeed this year. Um, White Moonstone, uh, thought he was brilliant. Back in 2010, um, where do we look here? Because we've got we've got at the top of the betting, we've got pretty gorgeous for the Patrick or uh, Joseph or Brian Indigo Girl unbeaten at the minute for the Gosden Yard. You know, pretty gorgeous is taking on Shale again. Do we see you know the places reverse again? Isabella Giles, who's done nothing wrong really, although I've been I've been had a bit of egg on my face when I've been saying I'm I'm not particularly keen on her. Um, Zabiel Queen, you can't knock out Zabiel Queen either. Um, let's start uh, with you, Stephen. Anything from this? Yeah, we got we got two horses that are, they're pretty bomb-proof, aren't they? They've been running in the, in the top grade all year against each other. I, I think we've seen for the last few weeks is where you can't 
you don't necessarily, if you've got the form in a book, at the top level doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. We've seen like horses win, I keep going back to Alka, mate, but horses like they've just come out of a maiden and gone on one group races. Shale looked like it was quite pretty gorgeous come there to win the race last time, then Shale found plenty. I think Shale will confirm that form. Um, I'm actually going to go for an Indigo Girl in this race. I just nothing went wrong for Gosden last week. Uh, went right for Gosden last week, did it? But I just like I like the profile of this one. I think it was. I think she was still very very babyish at uh, Doncaster last time. You know, sort of didn't know what was going on. Ran green, hung left, but it kept on really well. Just uh, the bar we should, the ground shouldn't be an issue. For me, I think that's the, that's the one I like most in this race. I think that uh, maybe I was looking at the Indigo Girl race last time at Donny, and I think she's she's one of those who takes a bit of time to yeah. to, to get into stride and talk about to go. And uh, will that yeah, it could be it could be an inconvenience, but I think she'd probably improve again for the having that second race under her belt. Um, mm. Are we? Yeah, I, I can I can see she will improve. And you know, I think uh, Gosden earlier on the week said that she was she was. Tip top in great form, really, and uh, you can't knock that when the, the master's speaking himself. I mean, Andrew, do you, this this shale and pretty gorgeous. They've been. Is it three times they've been? Um, they've come to to Ted's now, and it's flip flopped yeah, every time. It won to shale, um, but pretty gorgeous owns the win on soft ground, so that's probably worth noting. Okay, my personal opinion is they can't both be stars. Maybe they could, obviously, and. Um, you know, these Irish races, especially these group races, they tend to throw plenty of, of top shot performers. I would, I would, you know, I'd be avoiding them both here personally. Like Indigo Girl, uh, Steve was dead right. She was unbelievably green to win at Doncaster and she, she was impressive. She is absolutely, like, she is tiny. She is the, she's a very, very small filly. And um, we might be seeing the best of her now. Um, I know she's bred, bred, bred to like improve with age, but she, she is incredibly small. So this might be, you know, her real time in the sun here, the Philly's mile. So I, I'd be, you know, they'd be throwing the kitchen sink to get the group one into her now, I would imagine. Um, you know, like, will she handle the dip? Will she be at home at Newmarket? Like, the fact that she was so green, I would be a little bit worried about that. Now, you know, it comes down to Isabella Giles, who's one of the most experienced fillies in the lineup. She's won the prestige stakes on soft ground. She's won the Rockville, given the ground. It's very, very rare you see the Rockville winner turn up in the fillies mile, and she's not even in the top three in the bet. I, I, I kind of see that as you can look at it as maybe that the race is really, really strong, but I think that is a little bit ludicrous. And she is clearly the value in the race. Is she the most likely horse to win? Possibly not, but you know, if you back a, a horse with this particular profile at eleven to two in the long term, you will be winning, in my opinion. So, with that said, that's why I'd be going with, with Isabella Jones here because the price is just too big. Uh, Declan, what about yourself on this one, mate? Yeah, I think uh, the two Irish fillies are are really good horses, and look, there's very little between them. They'll be looking at each other. They're now they're racing each other again. I'd just be, you know, they they look like two tough fillies, but I would still worry about how much they're taking out of each other because they've gone at it a few times now. Um, and 
I, I'd be worried about that tomorrow and I'd be worried about that going forward next year on, unless they're really, really ultra tough. Um, you know, at, at two years of age, it, it can't be really, really good for them to be doing this again now, like, you know. And I think, well, they, they could be racing each other and something is going to come and win this race. Indigo Girl has, has beaten a good few of these and could be anything. I don't know an awful lot about her. Um, Andy's uh, covered her quite well there. Look, I'm all over. Isabella Giles, I, I've tipped her up the last twice she's won and I'm not going to desert her now. You know, she wanted that step up from six to seven and it, what's the point of stopping there? Go to eight. Um, she's a really good price. I actually can't believe the price and if she was trained by Galson or Aidan O'Brien, she wouldn't be that price. Um, you know, I just can't. I just think she's she's great value, and and I'm always I'm all about value. Outside of those four horses, you know, the most likely to improve are Zabil Queen and and Lilac Road. I think Lilac Road could run a, a big race at, at good odds. You know, just I'm looking at twenty eight to one there, and um, if anyone's a in each way, thief, you know, there. I think that that's good value, but. I think the real value here is Isabella Giles uh, at that price. Um, it's 11 to 2 in front of me here. and Yeah, I, I think, well, you know, well, Indigo Girl falls into the dip and pretty gorgeous and Shayla having the ding-dong again. Isabella Giles mm-hmm. going to come through and put this to bed pretty easy. Oh, thank you very much, Declan. Very much. Um, I've actually got an opinion myself on this race, and I'm actually I feel that uh, and Indigo Girl I did think last time was a bit of a wanderer. Uh, I, the one that I'm going for is Zabil Queen. I think she's a beautiful mover. I, I really do. I mean, when she won an Asper on debut, I actually thought she was she was she was going away at the end. I thought it was a great, a really good performance. Admittedly, she hasn't beaten much beaten behind really. You know, there's been some winners in there, but they winning Wolverhampton, you know, random places like that, but. Uh, I know she was behind Indigo Girl last time, uh, and I thought, I thought that actually it, the race wasn't run to suit. She was far too far out wide, and she didn't get any cover at all. I just think she'll be better here at Newmarket. I think she's a, I think she's potentially got a lot of class in her at ten to one. I think, you know, with with the the question, there's a few question marks for me around like how Andy said about how Shale and Pretty Gorgeous have been taking on each other. You know, they can't both be superstars, like he said. Isabella Giles, obviously, like you said, is a bit of value because, you know, the race she's won. Um, I just think Indigo Girl, I don't know, I'm not too sure that this kind of track will actually suit. I think it will suit Zabil Queen. I think she's great value at 10 to 1, and I'll have a little play on her each way. Right, guys, let's wrap it up. Um, Well, not wrap it up, sorry, wrap up that race. And uh, we're going to move on to the 3 o'clock on Friday's card, which is the... Stable Stun Staff Godolphin Awards Challenge Stakes over seven furlongs. This looks extremely competitive on paper. You know, glorious journey bounced back. It's his time, uh, that horse's time of year, uh, last time. Um, Dyer's in here, which is very interesting. 343 <coughs> days off the track for the Vodgeverian team. And did uh, I had a little look. I'm quite disappointed with the field. Where's Lamato, for God's sake? He should be. You referred to that, yeah. Very point It's sort of come down to happy power, but just through the process of eliminating everything else. Like, I'm not even that keen on him. Like, you just you sort of hit the one on the head that I liked. Um, 
like, has anything in, been in the press about Dahia? Like, she's got Group One form in the book, hasn't she? She was second behind Love in the in the My Glare last year. Oh, she won the Rock Fair. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, she had a bit of an issue in the spring. She had a tough back end last year. She ended up going to Santa Anita. Probably, so she was a little bit unlucky. But um, did she come back with an injury? I've not read anything to be honest with. Eight to one's massive. Yes. Yeah. Steve, she did have an injury. She was a bit. She was a bit injured in the early run of the season and. The next step is this okay, is a stepping so stone towards going to San Antonio again. Philly and Mayors, yeah. So I don't, like, so I don't know where bad the injury was, but eight to one's a massive mm. price for an horse that's sort of been running at the top table, you know. Yeah, Calusi, we made excuses that Goodwood went tilted nearly bloody polex half the field. Um, but so hey, was it moving the next time we sort of thought, well, we're giving that one off at, at Goodwood, but disappointed again behind. Um, Going top rank in my Oberon. Um, glorious journeys. Been around, been around the track a few times. Yeah, just two interesting ones, really. Dahi, for the reasons I've just said, and the other ones, the unexposed Zakuski, Charlie Appleby's horse. Not run since there. Two runs at Maidan. Mm. Two quite good runs, two wins. He runs, he was, <laughs> the only time he ran in England before that was behind Andy's favourite, or Skardu, in the. In the Craven, seems like seems like an age ago, but I've reluctantly I'd go for variants on the sort of if I knew she was sort of okay or close to peak fitness, Chris. You know. Yeah. What about yourself, Andrew? Yeah, it it revolves as I totally agree with Steve. It, my with my notes here it just said it totally revolves around the two unexposed horses. How good is Sikuski? Um, you know, he did beat Hedman on his debut by two lengths and goes and wins at Maidan uh, twice. Um, and it looked like Vito, he, he, beat, he beat two fancied stable mates, I believe, on both the starts out at Maidan. So he did, you know, maybe surprise connections out there. And he, he's been off a while, and I, I suppose the plan is to go here and then back out to Maidan, I would imagine. Um, Calusi. He won the Britannia and has came up short in group company, so we'll be touching him at nine to two. And um, Gaia, you know how how fit is she going to be? That this is a tough assignment on a return for a three-year-old filly. Um, full marks to Roger pitching her in here. Maybe their hands were tied and they just needed to get a run into her. Be really, really interesting to see how she goes. And um, for me, I think the obvious one really here is Happy Power. You know, he was he was. A, her year and, and, and <coughs> a phenomenal job just nursing this horse back to form now winning <coughs> commissions race at Salisbury and then going and possibly putting up a career best maybe maybe not maybe matching a career best it depends how you want to take that Sussex run in into into account when he won at Goodwood now you could make the argument that Happy Paris best form is around Goodwood but he has won his last two and he's on an upward trajectory and I think that is more than you can say this field did win last time out again he might for forces merchant just you know he does a lot of his, a lot of his best ones at Newbury Namos I, I don't see him kind of getting involved he's he's a really consistent likeable ab- admirable coach but he's been found wanting at this level more than once in the UK um, snazzy Jazzy has just not been up to it this year. 
a bit flattered by his 112 mark, uh, rating of 112. Now his form, he was a little bit disappointing last time out. So I, I think that Happy Power is the one to be with here personally. Thank you very much, Andrew. Declan, anything from yourself on this one? Oh, it's races, isn't it? Seven furlongs, you know. This is the new breed of the All Boys Club here because, the, the you know, the rest of them were in France last week and we're just going to be talking about these horses for the next five years in, in, in the seven furlong races. Where's all three, four, five. Like Fernandes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's hacked up here. He won last week too. Um, glorious journey. I just, you know, there's a question mark over, over this year's form. Um, happy power. I, I, I'm not so sure about the, you know, how strong the wins were. The last two wins, it's sort of a race. You know, where every, all these horses could be the same price. I, I don't know what the, you know, how to get a decent over there. I don't know what price it have to be. Um, maybe when you can work that out while I'm talking away here. The the German horse Namos, you know, really unimpressive on his travels. Doesn't like leaving Germany. Um, Pogo, you know, probably, you know, probably doesn't need to find a lot to win this, but probably won't find a lot. Snazzy Jazzy, uh, actually has a decent record on soft. Uh, the the two the only defeats on soft were over seven furlongs. Uh, Zacuzzi, as mentioned, has won at the Godolphin Benefit meeting. Um, but a Godolphin horse has to win at that meeting. You know, it's it's just a feeling of Godolphin horses. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. Uh, Galusi, I, I think, was outpaced over eight furlongs. So I, I, you know, wouldn't be dropping back. Foxtrot Lady is probably overpriced. Only because they should all probably be the same price. So you, you might find a bit of value there. Um, and then the, the Roger Varian horse, the Hay, the uh, you know, probably a cut above all these, but if the factor in being off since the Breeders' Cup, uh, seems to really like you know, top of the ground, it, you know, the best horse in the race, I think. But if the factor in the ground, you know, the Breeders' Cup, they don't always come on after that, that um, test, and it's the first run of the season, so. Look, I don't know. I will sway towards the best horse in the race, um, the filly, and and yeah, yeah. Look, if, if you're gonna make me pick a horse, I pick the Roger Varian horse. Excellent. That's two good uh, mentions there for that horse from yourself and from Stephen and and Andrew. I don't know if saying that. Uh, one horse from the race. That um, happy yourself? power for me. I sort of agree that Happy Power's the most likely winner because I don't think he doesn't have a style of racing, sort of gets the job done. But I'm, I'm going to take a poke on the filly, the three year old uh, Dahia. She, she's like, if she's anywhere near fit, she could, she could blow this lot away. And Declan, yourself? Yeah, Dahia, Dahia for me. Excellent. Right, that brings us on to our final race that we're covering this weekend, and it is on Sunday, and we're going jumping just for you here, Declan, just for you. Um, we are going jumping, and we're going to Limerick for the Munster National. It is uh, very difficult to actually, you know, fathom what might run here. You know, there's a huge amount of entries at the moment. 
Um, we'll probably be left with a field of around about, you know, a nice even number of 15, 16 in here. Um, but at, right now we've got 30 entries. Um, do you want to kick us off on this one, Declan? Yeah, I, I, I like this meeting. Um, I like this this race. It always sort of kickstarts the, the national hunt season. Like you, you've had the you've had the, the Midland National, the Galway play, the, the Kerry National, and now you know the ground is torn and you're starting to get into it. It's it's a bit difficult without um without knowing who's going to turn up here and a good few of them that are entered ran in, in the Kerry National the last day. And one I like is the West Away. A real good, versatile chaser, and I definitely think there's a big one in this horse. Uh, I've always sort of liked him. He won his first couple of chases, and you know, good jumper, goes on any ground. Uh, he wasn't far away in the Kerry National. Um, it that was the first run over three miles, and I don't know whether they're getting ready for a campaign at at, at these three mile races. You you will be looking at um the Troy Town at Navin, the Paddy Power at Leopardstown. And who knows after that? Uh, you know, might need a, a quieter ride than the last day, but if he's going to turn up here, um, I I think he's... I, I know, is this even priced up? Has anyone seen, has anyone no seen any prices? Moment, mate. No prices now. No. Um, it's difficult to go through the race. I think if I think the, I think there's a big season ahead of the West Awake. I think come, stepping up the three miles, uh, Eddie O'Grady's Iron up all these big handicaps and look if 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 Sunday's not the day, there's going to be a big one this season, whether it be Detroit Town at Christmas or or one of the festivals. He goes on any ground, so you know he he's very versatile. You don't have to say he's aiming for one. It it could come in the spring. Uh, it could come with the one one of the big festivals, but I expect him not to be. Far away, anyway. Here on Sunday, if he does turn up, Declan, uh, can I get your thoughts on the Dennis Hogan train? My Henry, who ran Cabaret Queen down in the Kerry National last time on a nose. I thought that was a brilliant run. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really likable horse. And um, one of those tough mares. Yeah, look, it, they're going to be. They're going after that run. You have to sort of be knocking on the door, or or you're right at the back and. Yeah, it could could well go in here. It's it's you know she she's she's got a good bit about her. Um, there wasn't much between herself and and the West away. Cabaret Queen is is a decent yardstick. Uh, she's probably just you know I I think Cabaret Queen could win a lot of the sort of lesser handicaps be there thereabouts. But when she goes up for the really tough ones against the really experienced gelings, um. She will struggle, and my Henna might be the same. But you know, this other race is, is more her level. If she does turn up, she won't be far away either. I think what we'll say about the West Away, or what I thought is in that Kerry National, um, is that that was the only horse that really stayed quite well up with Cabaret Queen most of the way. Um, she only tracked kind of like faded just before, like about two out, and wasn't beaten that far. You know, a bit more of a conservative ride. Definitely, there is a, a national like this sort, like you say, for Edward O'Grady. Um, Andy, anything for uh, yourself? This isn't a race I really gave the time of day to, to be brutally honest. Like, it, but um, there is one horse that was lurking in my tracker from from his summer campaign. Now he's down the very, very bottom, and he's as of right now he's out of the weights. So I 
to be honest, I don't see Alpha Dezobo running. You know, he might, but and you know, Mortal, they're, they're all crazy weights here. Like, Alpha Dezobo is, is ruining the party for everyone here. I think there could be a lot of people just, I say, there's a lot of connections praying he runs so everything else gets in with a stamp on its back. But, um, it's another Jiggenstown horse that, that I was looking at. It's aforementioned, who, who's currently sitting here off nine stone five and um, rated 125. So he would be out of the handicap if he was to run. Now, the reason he went into my notebook was he, it looked like he was just kind of getting schooled or getting a real education to, to um, his chasing life. And he did get within, I think, nine lengths of Dr. Duffy when Dr. Duffy did win. Um, I believe in August. Now, that was that was a fine performance. He he jumped around. He, I think he he got it from fourth to no maybe not fourth. I think it was third. He got he made a place or two on the run in, and Doctor Duffy was an absolute bloodless winner. Um, now Doctor Duffy's one hundred fourth rated one hundred forty seven. Aforementioned is rated one hundred twenty five. So. As easy as an easy winner as Dr. Duffy was, he'd be trying to give Aforementioned 22 pounds as of right now. Um, it'd be a bit less, obviously, if Aforementioned is out of the weight. But this is a seven year old that is, you know, very likely to improve. This race might be a little bit too soon and a little bit too hot for him in his education now, but it would do him no harm to experience it. He might be a horse for the future, but if he did get in off a very, very light weight, he could be 20, 25 to 1, and he could well outrun his odds, but this wouldn't really be a race that I'd be getting too interested in. And as I said, he mightn't even run aforementioned, but if he is to run, he is to turn up. I, I might, might keep a little eye on him. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, well, Andrew. Thanks for months to work out the English jumping season. <laughs> I've had a little look now, I've just, just, just listened to the boys, obviously, rather listen to them and follow them on these races, but. Uh, mortal weeks. I'm guessing he's going to carry top weight if Alfred Desobo doesn't run. He's got that great piece of. Uh, we ran in the RSA, didn't he? Was it top of the game beat Santini and Delta Work? I'm guessing there's probably bigger fish to fry. He's probably going to bit of a pipe opener. But Dallas the Pictons, he was second to. Um, was it early doors in the Martin Pipe a few years ago? Ten stone seven. That that probably be the one that interests me. I don't know if he's going to run or. He hasn't been the best since he went jumping. I, I do know that now. Like Dallas to pick on, he tried to. They tried to run him into Close Brothers, and that the English handicapper was having none of it. He was he was, he was right about one hundred and thirty over fences and like one hundred and fifty over hurdles, and they were they were giving him one hundred and fifty because of the hurdles. I remember. Which, um, I don't How was he jumping last? Year? I can't really remember. Um, not the best, no. He's really not the best. Though, like, obviously, you've got to jump, haven't you? But that's on his best form. That's a featherweight, isn't it? But we've well, got 10 gig yeah. in stand. We're not going to know nothing yeah, until midday tomorrow, are we? So... No, that's no, right. No, not really. I'd so, just, any selection for yourself, Stephen, in that? I'll stick more to that top weight. Mortal for yourself. Uh, Andy, um, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, Chris, I, I'm not even sure aforementioned is going to run. But if he does run, and I hope he does, I'll be watching him quite closely, and he would be my very, very tentative selection. Excellent. And uh, Declan, uh, the the West away again. If it's not on Sunday, I, I think there's a there's a big one over three miles in him. 
this season. Yeah, I thoroughly agree with you. I do think the West of Wick has got one of these in them. I, I've chanced, I've chanced my hand and myself. Don't know the price at the minute. Hopefully, my hand turns up. I thought it was a great run last time. Um, hopefully, get the same patient riding tactics. Right, that brings us to the end of this edition of the of the podcast. But it brings us to opening up to the floor, guys, for your best bets of the weekend. Let's start with Andrew. Um, I'll be very much with Declan here with with Isabella Giles in the in the Phillies mile. She's just overpriced. So she would probably be my best bet. I'm going to take Indianapolis and Mondame in the Cesar, which both each way. And then my only other bet, because I think he should be odds on, um, and once the saddle doesn't slip, would be Method in the Cornwallis Stakes on Friday at Newmarket, which is to 150. He's currently around 2 to 1, 7 to 4. And this is a horse that was, you know, challenging for favouritism in a group one last time out. Drops a furlong and drops to group three. You know, like he, he's just gonna win. Like I, I, I he's like you know this just don't. Um, I don't really see anything in here. Like he, the five furlong should be fine. He's an absolute speedball. Once just make sure they put the saddle on properly. Um, Ladbrokes and Coral are stand out two to one at the moment. Like. I just think he's going to win. I think he should be odds on personally. Um, off that Newbury performance, he can forget about the um, you can forget about the Group One last time out when the saddle slips. That just upset the horse. And um, yeah, I'd be I'd be very very strong with method. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, Andrew. Um, Declan, yourself. Yeah, obviously, um, really really like Isabella Giles, but outside the races we've covered, um. I haven't even looked at headquarters, so uh, I've nothing to give there. But the 245 at Chepstow tomorrow, it's a mare's novice hurdle. I just thought Paris Dixie was quite impressive when she won her bumper at Carlisle. She was headed not far out and, you know, battled, rallied and won going away. I, I like a, a tough mare like that. Um, I, I think she, I put her into the tracker after that win. Go and jumping tomorrow. About seven to two, Paris Dixie. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, um, any sort of stomach even... thunder, really. I, I backed uh, Method last night at nine to four. I think it's an absolute certainty. Uh, like Andy said, if he didn't run in that middle park, he'd be odds on tomorrow. Um, Sounds like we'd get the yeah, winner if, if, if it was nothing Terrible. other than the saddle slipping, I just, hmm. I just can't see any way, shape, or form it gets beat. Um, yeah, the other one, I'm, this horse is running. I back this horse every time it's running. Uzo is running the 205 at York tomorrow. It's... Yeah, I think you'll need a few Uzos. I think it's run well in each race this season, but it's got back to seven tomorrow. I'm going to give it one last chance. Kieran O'Neill up. Nine to one. Been a little bit of cash for it. Yeah, I know. Said one last I know. chance last time. Does this mean that next time's the one last chance? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, eventually. Well, it just I keep eventually. going back to that Buckingham Palace race. It sort of spun last the whole way, and he sort of it was favourite that uh, that day, and he sort of come through a lot of horses late, and yeah, it's the same story every time since. But I'm just going to give him one last chance. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, Steve. Uh, just before I give you mine, guys, um, could you guys just have a quick look while I'm mentioning the first three at the Irish Cesarowitz at four o'clock on Sunday? Just want you to load that up 
There's just a horse I'd like to talk in about there. I don't know that it'll get a run, but let me just load it up while I look at these first three. Uh, I've got a banker for tomorrow. Absolute banker tomorrow. Um, soaring Glory. He's going to run at Chepstow in the 425. John Joe O'Neill. Luke's a really quality horse. Been running well in the National Hunt bumpers. Um, first time over hurdles, I think we're going to see a real special prospect there. I'm going to go for not not, not now not so sleepy in the Cesarowitz in England. Um, each way there. I've got one in the National Hunt flat race at Chepstow, which is on Saturday. Um, one that I've had in my tracker for a little bit. It's a four-year-old, trained by Colin Tizard. Um, it's called Investment Banker. Heard some good things about that horse. Um, might get a decent price each way on that one in the in the national flat race. On the tissue price, looks about twelve to one. I don't don't think it'll go off that. I think it'll go off shorter. Um, but this one that I want to mention in the Irish Zarowich guys is um, now I'm not too sure about this trainer, but I'm, I it's, I'm, I don't know much about her. Um, the horse is called No Say Ever, and the trainer is Miss Amanda Mooney. Anything you anything that you guys know about Miss Amanda Mooney? Not really. No. What's the name of the horse? The name the name of the horse is called No Say Ever. Now it won at Goran last time over one mile six on kind of like heavy ground, beating um, Arcadian Sunrise, and I just thought it was a really good performance um, for a four year old. Uh, it's it's only rated rated quite low, you know, but. I just thought I just thought it was very eye catching. It's run well in all of its three runs this season. It's finished um, beating short of a head by Centroid when it was fifty to one. It then went over to Leopardstown and was beaten by Lightning Amber by um, like less than a head of, on heavy ground. And then Arcadian Sunrise it, it beat that by one one and a half furlong for uh, well by one and a half um, length. Uh, but he stepped up in trip progressively. And I actually think that it looks a very decent horse. I think it might go a little bit underneath the radar here. Um, be interesting to see um, if, if you guys anything new about this or you've even heard of the horse, really. No, I can't have say I have guys, now. What I can say, though, in English terms, the race no say ever won last time out would probably be the equivalent to a Class 4. On the higher end of Class 4, borderline in Class 3. And he's stepping up to a kind of a class two, class one handicap here. So the 25 to one, it is a horse in form and a horse going the right way. But this represents a marked step up in, in class. Like this is this is probably two or three steps, probably three steps up in class. Um, so I would just advise of that. Um, but look, you know, he's, he's a horse going the right way. By, by no name, never. Jesus Christ, you wouldn't see many of them over two miles. But um. Refused to bend, so obviously the, the, he even refused to bend. He won the guineas. What the hell? Anyway, look, uh, the pedigrees can't tell you everything, but um, yeah, look, Chris, I wouldn't put you off something at that price. Or I wouldn't ever do that. So fiscal rules is better than somebody. No, yeah, I'd, I'd take a little each way in that one. Six pound though, the handicap at the moment. Yeah, might not get in. So. But definitely yeah. Don Patrol, who Don Patrol, like actually, I know this. Yeah. Is, I was actually going to write a little thing about this, but I think Don Patrol, if you're if you're looking for the stairs race at Ascot next, um, the week after next, on Patrol sixteen to one, I, I I would take that now, um, just if anybody wants to, um, I'll, I'll throw a little extra one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Andy. Um, just to correct myself, um, the the horse I gave you for Chepstow's National Hunt Flat Race isn't called Investment Banker; it's Investment Manager. 
dear me. Right, well, we'll get them right in the end. So that's three from myself. Hopefully one on, on Sunday that might get in. Um, and that brings us to the close Cheers, of Chris. this week's podcast. Ahead, so I'd like to thank you all, guys. Thanks for joining Cheers, us. Always. Cheers, guys. Thank you. As always, another great show. Another great show. Hopefully bags, bags of winners again like last week. Um, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a follow on Twitter. Any shows are grateful. We're getting more and more listeners every week. Uh, some kind reviews have been coming in as well. So thanks very much for that. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks very much.